and we are live. And we've been gone for about a week. Uh, some things came up, and and I was you know expecting some stuff to happen to where we'd have a little bit more equipment to work with, but that kind of fell through. But no big deal. Um, about two weeks ago, thereabouts, um, the Regaloo Project was trying to do an Indiegogo fundraiser. Um, the organization that was doing the helping them with that fundraiser on their behalf, uh, they basically fired them because um, they were doing some things that were not so very good and weren't always, you know, cooperative in terms of communication, which is why they ended that campaign earlier than anticipated. And I wound up being frustrated because a certain website whom normally I would be happy to submit content to right to kind of raise awareness um anything fundraising related they won't touch because they'll view it as panhandling and which was frustrating to say the least but um i didn't put it into a podcast episode because i would have been doing that for the wrong reasons that video will stay up there to basically show people what not to do um but if you're going to criticize a website, do it for the right reasons, like, you know, letting people create usernames and passwords to log in for discussions, but not having SSL encryption set up, right? Because WordPress is requiring that in future installations on servers now, which is why web hosting provider for the next report.com included, you know, an SSL key so that encryption can take place because WordPress is requiring that. Um, and at some point may set up a project to kind of, you know, mention sites and say, Hey, uh, you're letting people, you know, sign up username, password for forum discussions, whatever, but you don't encrypt those connections. This is, this could be a problem in the future please incorporate SSL into your website. Um, and I had to fight with it a little bit, but I was able to finally do it because that encryption is a bit of a weak point for me, kind of a sore point, as I discovered a few minutes ago, but um, I'll keep working on that. And thanks to DigitalOcean, I'll be able to experiment with that for a couple of months. But it, it was just aggravating. Um, but I'll have to figure it out in a little bit, and we'll go from there. But the main topic of the show, um, besides System76 doing something interesting with their ARM servers, and um, Ryzen 5, more mainstream chip, from AMD um, and Ryzen 7 is canonical scambit to actually make money. Um, did you did you see how they're doing like the extended support plans and all that sort of stuff for to where you pay for that? 
they've been doing paid support for a while, but I didn't know that they were doing extended support for like uh, server server based operating system uh, their their server line of operating systems. Because they're starting to do this like with 1204, which um, from Stephen J. Von Nichols, um, it's where I first read that. And and from the sounds of it, it makes sense because server operating systems tend to be um, kind of in place for a little bit longer than five years. Am I right? They can be in place for even longer than that without being up. Well, the updates are the things that don't happen very often, per se. The, the hardware updates are a little bit different, but in terms of software updates, you got to be careful when you update software. You can update one little module or one little component and then break everything in the system. I know so, that so, from a software developer. <laughs> you update one little piece and then... <laughs> so, 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 that, so that's why enterprises, you'll find, you know, Windows 7 Enterprise being common, even though 10's been out for a while. Um, or in some places, people being surprised because they're running 7 Enterprise instead of like NT4 Workstation. Because um, I, I noticed that Canonical, what they may have inadvertently wound up doing was saying, you know, in the beginning, hey, here's our products, use it for free. You know, if you want a little extra support, you know, pay us, we'll help you out. But now it's more like now that, you know, they're kind of, you know, wrapped up in this product and companies that rely on the server side of things. You know, it was this viral marketing that is may finally pay off, in my opinion, where whereas companies not going to want to update their server product after only five years. You, you like it's like, is it 10 years on average or a little bit longer than that before they switch them out? I think it's probably before 10 years, but I don't know. I mean, our company, the company I work for, we update hardware every two years, roughly, in segments. They do it in segments. It's kind of a rolling type thing, but on average, it's every two years the hardware is updated. But as far as software, we've been running like um, web shared containers for five to 10 years now. So, and then we saw, we've also got a mainframe. So <laughs> mainframe software doesn't update as much. I mean, it pieces up a little bit. The operating system itself, ZOS, it's pretty old. That, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I remember being in a class where eventually, you know, at a vocational school related to IT, it was called, um, technology information management where the instructor talked about the fact that a company upgrade, you know, this is when XP had come out and it's like a company upgraded to like windows 95. And for them, it was huge. It was a huge upgrade. It was a huge step forward uh, for them. And, and all of that, because they get to building custom things that work around within those products. And if they try to go too far, it may break what they have. And, and some major companies are already a bunch of advantage customers too, which the second article from CIO.com that'll be linked in the show notes later on um, 
mentions that, you know, several big, big, big companies. So that, that's going to be proved to be very interesting. And, and speaking of servers, um, I was browsing system 76 and I saw um, their Starlink servers that are arm based. And just briefly looking at that, um, notice that, that their products kind of, I think they have support for NVIDIA GPUs too, which should prove to be interesting. If, if what I, because I, I Googled their ARM processor and I was like, oh man, because these things have actual video ports on them, which is, I thought was kind of scary. But, and a PCI Express X16 slots. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> like ARM version 8, I think, as opposed to like 7 or 9. Um, you think this is, could have a big, big impact if people buy these things or and use them? There's been a big upspike of production of ARM-based uh, server processors lately. Um, now, I don't know how, how widespread that is in the um, industry, but I know there's been a big spike in terms of production of those. And it's, it's logical why that, that's the case, because you can take, like, for just we'll look at the Starling, for example. We can take that and then compare that against a uh, Intel CPU server rack with... 20 or, or 16 to 20 cores and you have at most with Intel's hyperthreading technology 40 threads available but with this well per socket so I would say up to 80 threads available with this you get 96 and it's more energy efficient Intel's server processors are 120-130 watt based server processors and I'm not sure what this would be but if it's if it's taking anything from the ARM-based architecture, it's very few. Uh, it's very energy efficient, almost and fuel efficient. <laughs> but uh, I'd have to look up um, how much power draw there is on these. But it's probably not much, if I had to bet. Uh, I saw that it was pretty exciting, and I don't know if AMD is going to be further into the ARM ecosystem or not, I heard that they had experimented with it a little bit. Yeah, they had started uh, producing something, but I don't know how far they went with it. I do remember reading some stuff about that. But um, but uh, they definitely have been working on their main processor lines with the Ryzen 7 and Ryzen 5 which apparently will be released in April, the more mainstream one for those who don't want to pay for, for hardcore level performance. Eight core, 16 thread. That sounds pretty powerful. And it's able to compete with the Intel i7, 6900K at half the cost. And that's the Ryzen 7. Um, I know there's been recent issues with it in terms of certain benchmarks, which were attributed to 
glitches in the benchmark software not reporting things correctly. And then the weird, weird thing where people go to 1080p and below, and suddenly there's a slight performance hit, but not enough to where casual player will notice any difference. And you, you, it's, you, you'd laid it out on why that happens. Yeah. Um, basically what's going on is that if, if you're playing, if you're doing gaming or any sort of rendering and you're rendering something, especially video at 4k, that takes a much more, um, much more of a hit on the GPU as compared to the CPU, especially if you have a GPU that's uh, powerful enough to keep up with the actual uh, thing that's being rendered, usually games. Um, but if you go to 1080p, that's actually less stressful on the GPU because it has, that's um, four times fewer pixels that it has to draw effectively. So it's spreading that out across, like if you had a 4K display and you were, had a 4K capable GPU, it doesn't have to render to all every single one of those pixels or it doesn't also have to um, render in just in such detail. So it's, it's less work for the GPU. Now the CPU has to be able to keep up to send all those instructions to the GPU to say, hey, draw this, draw this, draw this, draw this. And at a 1080p for a 1080p resolution render, there's a lot more of that going on through the CPU being sent to the GPU, and that's why there's usually more of a performance hit on the CPU side, or why it's more performance intensive for the CPU as compared to the GPU. So, in other words, optimizations may have to take place with certain things in order to rectify that to an extent. In some cases, yes. It depends on it depends on the CPU architecture, though. Because, like, people were blaming it on the Windows 10 scheduler, and then AMD came out and said, "No, no, that's fine. The scheduler is not the problem." Um, they had noted that there was may have been glitches in in the benchmarking software, and that they're fixing those. But other than that, it's and it's like. Um, like what I've been reading, it's indicated that there is, you know, if you're just looking at it, there's not a lot of noticeable difference at all. It, you know, it's, you know, everything's still pretty responsive and everything else. Um, are you getting your hands on a Ryzen system soon? Probably not. <laughs> I'd love to. I wish, I'd, honestly, I'm actually, I've been beating myself up over this because I wanted to, I wanted to try and wait before I upgraded my PC that I'm using, my main PC. Right. And I wanted to wait for Ryzen, but I upgraded over a year ago now, so I I got too impatient. But <laughs> I, th I think now if I upgrade, I'm probably going to upgrade my video card, not the processor, because this Core i5 that I have is very capable. Um, I do miss the extra available threads, <laughs> but... It is what it is. Nah, perfectly understandable. Um, I've I've been I, I'm at some point I'll will probably get some get a more powerful rig from System Seventy Six, and because I've got 
the, this rig that I'm doing the show from is pretty capable. It's only a dual core 64 bit capable Intel machine, which if I put Monte edition on instead of just straight up Ubuntu, it might perform a little bit better. <laughs> um, but compared to the AMD system that's, you know, to my right, that has seven gigs of RAM, which I'm debating on whether I should make that my main system or not. But then again, I'd run into the problem of, will I be able to set up dual monitor with the open source driver? Um, how well will HDMI work? That sort of thing. Whereas, you know, NVIDIA's, you know, twin view you know, lets you set up another monitor at very least, and it's, you know, nice and easy, and it just works just fine. Um, but that's that's a long ways away. Um, but, but I definitely will play with Ubuntu server at the very least down the road. I just have to uh, figure out how to properly set up SSH keys with a cloud server on DigitalOcean because I, I just felt completely stupid every time I failed because when I bring up the little console, it says log in. I'm like, uh, I shouldn't have to log in according to what, unless I, I read the instructions correctly. And this is one of the next levels of weaknesses I'm trying to get rid of here. And setting that up right so that'll be a challenging project in the future and if it works i may move my personal blog over to that instead of tumblr and be done with it and just keep that separate but we'll see um in the meantime um i don't know if you saw this uh WWE put out a parody of old school NWA days of pro wrestling called Southpaw Regional Wrestling, where you see the disgruntled former TV news anchor now playing announcer on TV with the drunken, depressed co-host losing his mind at various intervals they're building up to a pay-per-view called lethal leap year in 1987 except they can't have that pay-per-view because 1987 was not a leap year <laughs> you know things that make no sense and they threw in a commercial for kfc gold they're, they're you know gold chicken product and even it's Ric Flair's voice, but it says Ric Flair paid impersonator because they can't afford the actual Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Um, are, are you tempted to watch that later? I am now. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to look, just to watch um, uh, John Cena alone pretend to be a reporter oh god it's it uh chris jericho plays the coked up um interviewer who only got the job because his dad owned the tv station so it's just and rusev's playing the part of an american farmer fighting against a banker who bought out his farm underneath him and is trying to sell it and get this instead of fighting the banker he gets to fight this sea creature for some god knows why instead 
it, it's 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 fantastic. It's it. I watched all four of them, and I'm like, oh my god, this is horrible. <laughs> it, this is trailer park horrible, and I'm loving every second of it. So. I'm guessing they're going to be using that to entice people to sign up to WWE Network just so they can watch future episodes. Because, you know, the the alleged storyline is they found this old VHS tape in WWE's library and they had to go find a VCR just and figure out how to plug it into a TV just so they can watch it. And they even do the nice effects, you know, to show, hey, this is from VHS, you know, recorded VHS, right? Yeah, they, they they do, and when 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 somebody's about to curse, it goes beep. You know, audio difficulties, hang it, hang tight, or something like that, or be cool. We'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> so it, it's it's what happens when when corporate bigwigs quit trying to control their talent and let them let them actually work because they actually the talent put it together themselves um and i don't know if and according to author of the link from whatculture.com uh they don't know whether the kfc commercial was just thrown in there you know or you know to parody commercials or whether they figured well we might as well just throw an advertisement in there for the hell of it or what um so it's it should prove to be interesting and 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 again i it, it kind of, they i think wrestlers got a little bit free reign on the on the creativity on that one and it worked um but yeah you you see some bits of truth to old 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 wrestling promotions where the guy only gets a a job as a TV interviewer because the dad owns the TV station. Um, you have the guy who was working for, you know, a TV affiliate before being, you know, before leaving and having to work a crap job at that company. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's alcoholism involved <laughs> and other stupid stuff. It's just, Oh man, I I can't wait to see if they're going to put out more stuff on that, but but they're definitely worth checking out. But that's about all I have. Is there anything else you're wanting to bring up? Nothing else. I mean, we already covered the Ryzen stuff. Um, I kind of wish I could have got my hands on one of those pieces of hardware. That'd be Super fun to play with, especially if it's eight core 16 threads. We could run 15 virtual machines at once and not have any performance detriment, theoretically. Oh, yeah. And and again, what I'm probably going to be doing later on is experimenting with DigitalOcean for a couple of months because I use the... the um, the coupon code for the Linux from the Linux Action Show just to get ten dollar credit, and I may just see if there's other other credits I can acquire just to get more free months of service. I think they have a referral program too, um, because 
all one word, here's the thing, will get you $10. You have to put in billing information, but you can apply a coupon code to get that $10 credit and goes off the credit first before you're billed. So it, and $5 for a small little 512 megabyte server with a 20 gigabyte SSD storage thing in there and a terabyte of transfer every month. Sounds, sounds, sounds pretty good, especially if, if you're just wanting to experiment with a lot of stuff on there. And learning, and I'll use that to learn how to manually set up a web server and and install WordPress, et cetera, et cetera. And I just dropped my little screwdriver. But um, but yeah, that's what I'll be doing after I do some rearranging and and all of that. So, uh, um, by the way. SSH keys, you know better than I do how those work. A little bit, probably. <laughs> um, do you have to set those, when you set it up in the terminal, you copy the public key to wherever you're working online and you keep the private key on your computer, correct? Yes, it should be correct. Okay, so... So basically, you keep it in your. Otherwise, it won't let you log in. Yeah, I think there might be a command that'll actually copy it for you, and you just give a user ID and a host IP or host name, and it'll right. copy it to the new server for you. Thanks. So what I'm doing, so what I'm doing right now is I'm I'm going to go ahead and log in. DigitalOcean. I'm going to try one more time to set up a droplet. Oh, oh it, I put the wrong email in there. But out of curiosity, when are, where are you trying to generate the key pair? Are you trying to generate on the uh, on the server or on your local machine? On the local machine, because there is because when I go to create a droplet, right, mm -hmm. and it and it shows little little sharks swimming in the ocean, swimming in the ocean, and swimming in the ocean some more. I can choose. I can choose the standard five dollar a month, and and I am choosing like I'll just leave all the other options off of there. Then I go to add your SSH keys, and the question mark. It'll say it's a recommended security measure. If you choose not to add one, you will receive a root password via email, which may not be secure. But when I click new SSH key, the only thing that pops up is this new SSH key, a link to a tutorial on how to use SSH keys, SSH key content, the name of it, 
which is, and by name, I don't know if I should add whatever name I want, the name of the host machine that I created it on. That's where I get confused, but but I may just say screw it and create without a key and just import it later because and let them email me a root password. It might be a lot easier to import it later. And you can go back and disable the root password and all that other stuff and when we set up key pair login and stuff like that. Yeah, so the server will have like 512 megs of RAM, 20 gigabyte disk. And it says created happy coding. <laughs> and and it'll it'll basically give me a root password. Actually. I will I will pop that open in my phone instead because uh, it's just it aggravates me because to me it, I shouldn't feel stupid when I'm doing that and I have to wait for a root password to be sent via email so that's gonna So it's just like, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's I'm just, oh, your new droplet. Oh, they gave me a random password that I'll have to copy and paste, but that's, oh. More secure that way. Yep, and that'll. And I don't care if, if the SSH key will make me vulnerable to attack, less vulnerable to attacks. Um, if it doesn't let me log in when I try to set one up, um, you know, that's that's when I get irritated. But I can probably get one later. So because I just want to set one up and then and then then do that later. Or I, I'll, I might just destroy it and try one more time to create a key and then going from there and then seeing what happens. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But anyway, that's I think that's all for, for today. Anything you're wanting to talk about next time or are you kind of blank? I'm blank right now. I'll probably think of something though in the future. All right. That sounds good to me. Entertain yourself, educate yourself, empower yourself. Um, I'll try to get the, the feed updated this Tuesday um, and maybe something written for tomorrow. But other than that, you all have a wonderful week. Peace. See you guys.